Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Chair Shop Podcast. It's another episode uh, with myself, Townie Lad, and my good friend, Paul Lad. Uh, Barry Lad is off somewhere. He's so cryptic. He, he never says where he's going. He just tweets about, oh, I'm on a flight somewhere. I think yeah, he we don't know a, where he is. He might be Ireland's answer to James Bond. I think that's... Uh, that's what he's actually doing. Sure, isn't it Seamus Bond over there for himself? Seven. That's what's going on there. Um, but it is also, of course, uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. So maybe uh, he's, he's, I don't know, driving the snakes out of Ireland. Is that what he's up to? Could be. <laughs> well, we've won less snake in Ireland now that he's gone. <laughs> we've done him. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know where he is. He's off gallivanting somewhere, and uh, sure, if he's enjoying himself, you know, what more can you... As, as long as it's all good fun. As long as it's all in good fun. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder if he... Remember he, he went to see that... Um, what was it? Uh, knob Blading Wrestling. What was yeah. it called? The, the knob, match? And he said... Yeah. Knob yeah. Mutilation, yeah. He said, well, I won't be going over for another show that soon. I, I think he probably has, and he's too embarrassed <laughs> to, to admit it. Mm. Broner's at home looking for the cheese grater. She's like, where the, f- where the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> also, I've got some weeds that need whacking. Um, <laughs> this mouse isn't going to catch itself. So. All the lights in the house have disappeared. What's going on? <laughs> Dear, oh dear. So yeah, we are back with the usual uh, news and reviews um, and a few cues. Um, so let's, let's let's kick off, Paul. What, any any topics you want to throw out? You wanted to you wanted to kick us off with? Um, oh, I want to say happy not only St. Patrick's weekend, but happy day to the mothers out there as well. Of course, Mother's Day as well. Yeah, that's going, to get all, that's going to get all the Americans going, Jesus, looking at their calendars. But uh, of, course, of course, they celebrate St. Patrick's Day in June. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that is a hell of a weekend. I mean, if you're out on the Saturday or the Friday or the Saturday celebrating St. Patrick's Day, oh, and then Mother's Day on the Sunday, you better be up and exactly. don't forget the card, a few flowers. I um, actually did, did forget today. Oh, no. Um, I had this, I had the, you know, presents bought and all that. So I didn't forget about Mother's Day. No. But the, having the Friday, because Friday was a bank holiday in Ireland for St. Paddy's mm. Day. So that throws off your, your which day of the week equilibrium. Uh, and so I forgot it was Sunday when I woke up today. Um, and yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even give a Mother's Day card. I don't support the card companies, Joe. I just gave gifts. Oh, okay. Okay. No card. No card. Also, my mother's birthday was last week, so she got a card then. She's, a, she's had a she's had enough. She's had a card. What's the second card going to do? You don't. It's like going out and drinking seven Coca Colas. After you've had one or two, that's enough. Oh yeah, no. I, what, you, mother's Day card, birthday card. Like, what do you do with them? You just throw them out anyway. Like, you got you got a card. You got a card. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Um, otherwise, pretty quiet. I, I do have a. A story, though, that I think you'll appreciate and will show mm, mm. a level of personal growth in me oh. that you guys oh. might not have appreciated. And so, of course, I'm going to get myself over and, and bring it up. 
So we went down to see some of the the local parade. St. Pat- Patrick's Day parade, right? Every town in Ireland will have a little parade. And then on the news, on the six o'clock news, they just show highlights, like like the FA Cup second round. They show highlights from all the parades around the country. But I went down anyway, and there were kids running around with um, like inflatable balls on sticks. They weren't quite balloons, but they were, I would say, about the size of, of a beach ball on a little plastic holder. Anyway. Sounds fun. As I... As I was passing by, a, a kid gave me a little bop on the head. What? A kid, I don't, I don't know, a stranger child, right? A feral a feral uh, kid in the street gave me a little bop on the head one of these, Joe. Of course, I'm getting flashbacks from the war, the great water pistol war of 2013 here, right? Mm, of course. So you, yeah, so everyone knows the story. We won't get into the, the, the nitty-gritty. But you'll be happy to hear, Joe, this time I just took it like a champ, grinned and bared it, didn't react. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, too. Went on my way. There was no grabbing it off the child, throwing it, bursting it, breaking it. None of that this time. I'm very zen these days, you see. Very yeah, yeah. Very easygoing. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, I'm surprised that the children haven't learned their lesson from all your previous encounters, really, that the word hasn't spread. Maybe they were too young to know. They haven't heard the stories yet. Oh, Mr. Paul Griffin, he'll give you a good hiding, he will. Uh, (laughs) That's like a pirate voice there. Um, A little bit like the the street um, cleaner in Home Alone. That's how I imagine it, you know. Right, okay, sure. Don't talk Um, to him. He'll, He'll kill you and put you in his salt bin. Sort of. <laughs> that's yeah. I I think maybe I, maybe I'm a, a mythical figure like that around these parts. Um, no, and then and also the kids are being very cheeky though. Kids are cheekier these days than they ever were. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. They're like they they were wearing you know these big comical St. Patrick's Day top hats that that people do be wearing green sure. green felt sure. top hats, right? They're like. Excuse me, kind sir. Would you spare some change? And like, trying trying to be funny in front of their friends and trying to get money off Al Paul Griffin. Of course, again, I don't think they got the memo that uh, I don't carry change around. I throw it into a bin as soon as it's received. So, anyway, we only caught the very tail tail end of the parade. Um, the parade seemed to be less about same uh, celebrating St Patrick's Day and more about. Mm promoting the local businesses so you had i, yeah. know, I didn't realize didn't realize leaks have had a, as many uh football local football clubs as it does but apparently there's about 100 of them and all the kids walking down there was one uh local dance company and they, they were carrying a banner that amounted to like a facebook ad right sign up today there was no there was no uh you know, uh, Irishness or anything being celebrated. It was just like a local parade. Very little to do with St. Patrick's Day. There were some costumed people, I will say. They they obviously that's that's where the big books went, right? Mm. So I don't know how I don't know how Leakslip or the mayor of Leakslip or whatever it is. I don't know how they managed this, right? We did get Batman. <laughs> right? I'm sure he was he was right. booked up, but we, we got him today, right? Uh we had a Batman 
couple of people dressed in, you know, your leprechaun outfits and that. And then I was walking from behind and I saw a Teletubby outfit. I believe my Teletubby knowledge is not mm. maybe the best in the world, but I believe it was a Dipsy. It could have been a Lala. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. But you just saw it from the back, right? So mm. as you walk around to see the front of the costume, Joe, what are you expecting to see? Little cutesy face. Yeah, a little, 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 little television in, on, the tum, on the tummy. TV, weird face, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the face was cut out, and it was just a, a, a pimply-faced teenager face, which kind of... Oh. <laughs> the allude, like, imagine you get... And, and also, I will say, Batman, they didn't exactly get uh, Christian Bale in. It was another freckle-faced youngster. Um, oh, no. Imagine getting your picture taken with Teletubby, and it's just... Again, it's 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 Gary from Spar who was working the death match the weekend before. This weekend he's Poe. <laughs> um, very frightening. Um, uh, that is that is quite disturbing. Quite uh, yeah, quite random, quite sad. But um, yeah, otherwise not much to report from this week. Uh, personally, quiet weekend. Yeah, we um we did go out yesterday to the cinema, which I'll, I'll review later. But yeah, apart from that, not. Not too much. Um, we did witness um, some astounding moment of nature earlier. So we went for a walk mm. sort of just before it got dark. There's a local river that sort of runs um, past our street that we, we typically walk by. And usually there's a few ducks hanging around. And we love a duck. You know, every time we see a duck, we give them a little love wave. A we say, we say, oh, love a duck. We say, hello, ducks. And we give them a little wave. Just, you know, that, I think they like it. Okay. But yeah, yeah. today... Walking by the river, we see there's a little bit of a commotion going on. Oh. Two male, two male ducks, both trying to have it off with one lady duck at the same time. A duck threesome. Yeah, but they were also fighting each other at the same time. So they were both they're both trying to well, mount, but also don't trying to go- shame the ducks. Don't king shame the ducks. Yeah. I'm not. I'm telling you what's happening. They were trying yeah. to. They were fighting each other while also trying to, you know, get a get a wing over that's basically what was happening it was very <laughs> and i've never seen i've never seen this before um, it was the first time and it very much has changed my opinion of ducks because i've never seen right. normally they're just very serene you know they're kind of paddling along just looking yeah, very yeah, sleek yeah. very kind of nice so that was quite disturbing but then it, it kind of spilled over and they forgot about the the lady duck and they were just went off and had a fight and then they both took off and were flying i've also i don't know if i've ever even seen a duck fly before because normally you're, okay you don't. They they were both flying along the river, and then one of them did like a. It was like Sully, like Tom Hanks in Sully. He did like a water landing on the river and went. Whoosh, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Attenborough, where are you when we fucking yeah, need you? Yeah. We should have filmed it. I could have filmed it on my phone and sent it. Sent it to him, to be honest. But um, yeah, that was very very exciting. See ducks, fucking fighting and flying, all in the space yeah. of two minutes. It was tremendous. Triple so uh, that was that was the brush with nature today. Enjoyed that a lot. And did they have little duck stiffies? How, how do you know that this is what was happening exactly? Was there a visual? Um, I couldn't. I wasn't that close enough to see. They weren't thrusting little... their little duck hips, were they? Like what? 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 Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, a little, not far. I mean, I couldn't see the. I think don't are they the ones that have a like a corkscrew penis? Don't they have a little? What word is it that's got a knob, but he's not a knob? I can't remember. <laughs> it's one of them. Um, but anyway, um, 
Yeah, ducks. I have I've read that before about ducks that they can be quite uh, vicious when it comes to the old lovemaking. It's not a right. right it's, they're right. not they're not necessarily wooing the female, if you if I can put it that way. Okay. Sometimes there's not a lot of choice. Um, yeah, that's the na- that's the nature report. Um, ducks. <laughs> okay, more on that. Um, on the next week. Uh, did you see any of the football today, Paul? I did. I, I watched um, the FA Cup tie between Manchester United and Fulham, which was mm-hmm. on ITV, but was also simulcast on Premier Sports, oh. which I've never seen happen before. It still had the ITV logo on it. Because Premier Sports, oh. for those unaware, is an Irish, uh, an Irish sports network, which gets the 3 p.m. Saturday kickoffs, or at least one mm-hmm. of them a week. So they were showing this game, but it was just the ITV feed. And, and even the coverage was Ian Wright, Roy Keane. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, very interesting game. I mean, it was it was uh, extraordinarily boring for the first, I would say, 70 minutes. Uh, Fulham scored. Looked like they had it in the bag. It kicked Looked in a bit at that point. United were like, all right, fucking hell, we better... We better try. Yeah, but aside from like aside from that one chance that led to the penalty, I didn't think United really looked particularly dangerous going forward. Nah, nah. A handful of chances, a handful of chances, but I don't know. Even even prior to Fulham scoring, there were a handful of chances. But when Fulham mm-hmm. scored, I thought oh, that's going to knock the stuffing out a little bit now. But um, yeah, a little moment of madness there. I, I mean, I think it was certainly a handball and. Because it was a goal scoring, <laughs> I mean, not it, more than a goal scoring opportunity. The ball was, was going in, into the goal, <laughs> pretty much. And yeah, William gave it the old uh, muscle emoji punch. Yeah, uh, away. <laughs> and, then, and then he was pointing at his belly, tapping his belly, like you know, you know, it's on film. You know, we have VAR. You might have got away with that ten years ago, but. They, they, I think he would have got it. away with it. I think he would have got away. Yeah, with it, but quite possibly because it was by his side. But he, he it was by his side. But but he did. Yeah, yeah. It was deliberate. Um, so he so had to go. To a moment, moment of madness, um, which I don't. The, I still don't understand why. Why were they so upset? Uh, it was an. I mean, obviously they're upset. Yeah, because was... they're gonna. They think they're gonna lose. But it was such an obvious decision that there was no injustice. There was no sort of controversy, really. Exactly. So the manager to the, to the point it. of frenzy to the point of frenzy of, of them getting like the manager and Mitrovic sent off. Um, do you think he? Do you think he had Tony Khan in his headset telling him that? Talk to the ref. that's my only Bro. my only explanation. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was. I mean, it was. It was an obvious penalty. Certainly, red card has to be by by the yeah. nature of the rules. I know they brought in the double jeopardy, but I think that's only for fouls, right? Where if, if you get like a, a last man foul, mm. don't they sometimes mm. give the penalty and a yellow now? I'm, I'm not sure about the rule for handball on the line. Depends on if it's delib- yeah, deliberate or clumsy. No, I think it's the same for the com- for each competition, but I remember Phil Jones in the, guys, this is ages ago, but the, cup, the FA Cup final, Chelsea United, and Phil Jones brought down Eden Hazard, and there was a bit of debate over whether it was because if it's a professional foul, it, it's deliberate, then it's a red card. But if you're trying to play the ball and yeah. you foul the man, then that's a yellow card because otherwise it's a bit harsh. But I mean, William was certainly trying to play the ball here um, with his hand. With his um, fist. 
so yeah, I mean, I didn't see the ambiguity about it. It was, it was, it was a penalty. It was a red card. Marco Silva bef- was sent off even beforehand. When the referee went to go over to look at the screen, he was mm. he obviously said something and was dismissed. Uh, William gets sent off. Mitrovic is then, and, and this is where I've seen some some scuttlebutt on Twitter about well, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, against Liverpool the last day gave the the lino a little a little shove in the back, which is which is true. Um, at the same time, and it's going to, it's obviously going to sound like biased Man United fan. I mean, Mitrovic was out of control with rage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he was not. You know, he grabbed the referee and gave him a little. I wouldn't even. Say, I would not even say a push. I don't think it was in terms no, of. Push, it was like a it wasn't anywhere near Decanio on Paul Walcott back in the day. You know, it was it was no, he, no. it was he kind of grabbed him and spun him around but he was finger finger in the face pointing his finger into the ref's face shouting at him i mean he was he was he was going a little bit a little bit crazy obviously we don't know what's being said either i would i would assume was something like you you fucking cheat you cheat you blah, blah, blah. whatever um again for, for a, a relatively straightforward decision uh so he had to go as well uh, and again, we don't then know as a point of comparison what Bruno said or didn't say in in his own case. I you know mm. I, I I would say as as a general baseline that the players should not put their hands on the referees. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, or the assistant referees, or the fourth official, or any of the any of them lot. So I'm not trying to defend the Bruno situation, and certainly you can read into some kind of uh, inconsistency there. But again, we don't know what's been said along with the action, so I don't want to comment on that. Mm-hmm. But Mitrovic then had to go, and then suddenly Fulham have gone from winning this game, looking like they're potentially going to go through, to uh, one all, and they've got nine players on the pitch, yeah. which turned out to be a, a you know easy pickings for United to go on, and they scored a second immediately. Sabitzer got his first goal, and then Bruno finished it up in injury time, and it, it turned out to be quite a comfortable win, thanks to Fulham's own. You know, implosion. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's part. It is part of the game, though. It's part of the game is keeping a cool head and not not losing it in situations like that, like Bruno did against Liverpool, for example. So, you know, it it, it works both ways. But that is that is you can you can debate. Oh, United wouldn't have won if Fulham hadn't done that, but they did do that because they were unprofessional and didn't keep a cool head and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the manager didn't set a good precedent by getting himself sent off, first of all. No. You know? I think Ian Wright said afterwards, the manager should be the one trying to kind of calm them down after William's gone. But instead, he's got himself sent off. The players now have been sent off. Yeah. It'll be crazy. Um, And then we had Conte yesterday. I don't know if you saw his uh, press conference. Mm. Very entertaining stuff. Not the kind of thing you normally hear out of a Premier League manager, but obviously he's uh, doesn't seem to be particularly interested in extending his stay past the no. summer. No, but uh, he was he wasn't very complimentary about the players or the club, which no, is uh, no, which I thought I was very very funny. It is. Um, this is what happens. You know, you point someone like that; they're not there to. You know, he's not a Graham Potter. You know, he's not there to bring people in to reconcile he's a bit of a shouty man and if he's not getting True, his own but, way but i think he he had some salient points though at the same time oh i'm not right. saying he's wrong but i'm saying the club yeah. wouldn't want him to say it obviously. no exactly exactly um 
20 years you you have the the person running the club so many managers not no trophies no one wins i was like yeah <laughs> i mean the history kind of speaks for itself you know tottenham have what 11 managers since levy came in mm. no trophies you nope. know, speaks for itself. But then, it's itself. yeah, you you wonder with the players they brought in, like they did bring in some quality over over the last the summer and the winter mm. transfer window. Before that, you know, you have your Kulisevsky, Richarlison, who okay hasn't seemingly worked out very well for Richarlison. He had that little purple patch during the World Cup, not for Spurs, ironically. But you'd fancy Spurs with the team they have should have enough to put out a decent top four challenge and to be fair they're still in the top four aren't they right or have Newcastle gone above them maybe no, I think they're, they're just about fourth I think um, fourth or fifth regardless but like when you look at their team on paper say the front three right Kane, Son and then Kulisevsky or Richardson that's a very very decent front three that's better than our front three I would mm-hmm. argue midfield you know you have your Hoiberg Eve Basuma remember him <laughs> Forgot they even signed him. He was what one of Brighton's best midfielders last season for the last few seasons. Yeah, he went yeah. Spurs because he fell off the face of the earth. Um, defense, okay, defense. You can maybe make a, a an argument for them having a, a decently weak defense, but I don't know. Spurs, Spurs. I feel like have have the team to do better than they have done, especially with their their attack, um, which which does make me kind of believe that Kane Kane will probably go in the summer. I know he wanted to go last year to Man City. That didn't happen. Mm. But he's at an age now. I, I feel like his situation is, is similar enough to the Van Persie of 2011-2012 when he left to join United. Similar age. And uh, it's kind of like if he doesn't go now, like will he ever go? You know, his, his yeah. value is not going to stay at, at kind of the money that they would want for him for much longer anyway. And does he want at the end of his career to be like, yeah, one one club man, but never won a trophy, <laughs> never won? Oh, no, no, it's rubbish. Isn't no, it? no, like, no. Who cares? Play? Oh, I played for the same club. Was, was that proof? You 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 couldn't get a transfer? Because, I mean, I think there, I think there's there's a certain honor in that, but I, no, for for no. At, the, at the very very top of the game, where where these these people should be the most ambitious. Like to be fair, he's he's stuck it out at Spurs for a long old time now. But, like, I don't know if Spurs are any closer to winning the Premier League than they were when Kane started playing for them. Um, No, they got closer. Now they've regressed back they got, to it, probably they where they second, were. Second in 20, the Leicester season, they came second. That's the closest they've come. Yeah, which was a shit season, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Not for Leicester. As in, as, in, as in a poor quality, like, in the league, if you look at the points. Yeah, totals, all the teams who yeah. typically would be at the top all had bad seasons. All had bad seasons, yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully he leaves, because I, I think he deserves better. But he should stay in the Premier League so he can break the record. Hmm, what club needs a striker that he could go to? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards if we could get a... Is it... Oh, okay, sorry, I keep forgetting the guy's name. The Napoli striker. Napoli, yeah. Victor, uh, is it o- Ominsen? Uh, yeah, because he he, he, looks, he looks tasty. He looks like a, like a younger a younger Kane almost, nope. but um, not a bad choice to have one or the other. Isaac Yankum DDS. <laughs> hey, take, take your time. Very good. Um, 
So either or, I'd be happy with. I mean, Kane is 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 proven. That's that's obviously the uh, the argument. And yeah. even even with Spurs having a, as poor a season as, as they have been, he's still on like what twenty three goals or something in all competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching Veghorst again today, it was like like I said a, a couple of weeks ago, the old thing of like imagine if we had a good striker. <laughs> exactly what I thought. Like we would have scored. God love him. God love him. He tries. They would have they would have scored six or seven goals by now, like a, a top quality striker. And we knew he wasn't that. Like no one thought he was going to be that. He's a star. He was, he's he's a alone. Star. He was all they could afford to get in at this point. But yeah, if you had a real striker in that position, I think we're six, seven, eight goals better off than we are at the moment across all yeah. all competitions. Um, yes. Yeah, and the, Arsenal. The other, the, uh, sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say the other cup competitions today, the other cup games today were um, particularly good as well. Blackburn, Sheffield United. Last minute uh, winner for, for Sheffield. Yeah. yeah Lee, the uh, lead changed hands a few times there, a last minute winner. That was, that was a brilliant. They were both going right full at each other's throats as well. It was a fantastic game. And Brighton Grimsby was entertaining, even though it was a bit of a thumping for uh, young Evan Ferguson, Ireland's hope, getting a couple of goals. I know. I like as soon as I as soon as he scored the second one, I was like, right, Google him. Where was he born? Uh, he's like, he is actually Irish, not just you know, <laughs> yeah, not a fake. Not his his grandparents were born in Ireland, but he's from Surrey, sort of thing. That's then you can. Yeah. But anyway, he looks like through. maybe the best Irish player to come through in the last yeah oh ten years <laughs> <laughs> since Robbie Keane, probably since Robbie Keane, maybe yeah, he's a big big, big strong lad. Sticking the goals in. Uh, Man City obviously yesterday hammered Vincent Company's Burnley as well. Another another yeah. hat trick for Haaland. Yeah. Um, and so it's they get they of course got Sheffield United then in the semi finals. Um, put your money on Haaland to get a couple of goals in that one. I would imagine. And then ourselves in Brighton. That'll be a tricky one. Um, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. So that'll be a tricky yeah. one. That'll be a tricky one. Uh, they, they, they've proven to be somewhat of a bogey team for us the last couple of years. Um, and then the, oh my God, the Champions League draw. Speaking of Man City, uh, if, if if this is going to be their year, they're definitely going to earn it because they have Bayern Munich in the quarters and then potentially Real Madrid in the semis. Or Chelsea. Uh, yeah, or Chelsea. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or Chelsea, or Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that's a fun little draw. I am mm. very much looking forward. To one that. of one of Inter AC, Benfica, or Napoli in the final. Probably Napoli, the way things have been going. But uh, and yeah, we have uh, we we've got a third Spanish team in a row as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think we'll. I think we'll do that. I think we'll beat them. But well, Sevilla have been having a poor season, right? They seem to be floating around the relegation mm. spots in La Liga this year. I don't know what's happening. Everyone, I saw like seven games in the league this season. That's it. Yeah, it's but don't forget, great. don't forget, Europa League is Sevilla's competition. Um, that's not. A real, I don't think that's a real thing. Well, they they, they were just they were just they, they, win, it, they win it a lot. They win. They weren't good lot. enough to get in the Champions League. But they can, win they can win in the Open. Yeah, but that's because they're one of those teams that's like like it, teams that are too good for the championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. So they always win the championship and then get relegated. 
That's my uh, that's my take on Norwich, yeah, yeah. Norwich, Fulham before Tony Khan, you know, turned them around and made them the, the powerhouse they are today. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Tony Khan, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, Twitter kerfuffles this week. So I just wanted to touch on them because I thought they were interesting that these topics came up. Mm. First one, the topic of of AEW travel. Uh, being paid, do you see this? Uh, Tony yeah. Khan was replying to Meltzer, I think it was, um, about you know, well, we you know, we pay for the hotels, the transport, the travel, blah blah blah, for 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 the uh, the wrestlers, and then yeah, this this turned into a number of wrestlers coming on going, yeah, we're taking such good care of, no 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 no, but almost to the point of it, like being a, a weird, not 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 a propaganda, but almost like a. Uh, Please tweet, heads up, we go again. Da, da, da. Like it's almost <laughs> like a, yeah. an organized kind of um, build up AEW's rep- reputation a little bit after the kind of the hits they took in twenty twenty two. It seemed like right. Let's remind everyone what the 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 good elements of AEW after a year where everybody has complained about. Well, yeah. That's what they should be doing. They don't do enough of that. They get they get stomped on by WWE in terms of PR, um, and they they should be doing a lot better. Even I don't know if you saw the thing just before we came on about the merchandise. Um, yes, that's something I want to talk about as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, someone yeah someone um, tweeted a picture of a, a the merchandise stand from the AEW house show, and it was yeah. you know it was they said it was the end of the night, so there wasn't a lot left, but it wasn't a Grand, grandest. It looked like an indie, indie kind of stand, yeah. basically, like the one a wrestler would set up themselves to do to sell autographs and shirts. And you'd think yeah. AEW. To be fair, they're not a. They've never done house shows before, so maybe it's a consequence of that. But apparently, the pay per views and TV shows don't have great kind of merch offerings as well. Just strange, given that they were called a t-shirt company when they first launched and uh, didn't have TV. Um, well, they yeah. still do all their t-shirts through pro wrestling teams, right? So, yeah. You would figure, yeah, that they they would have a little bit more variety and, and choice because I think someone made the point that AW compared to something like WWE, and I've been you know we've been to WWE shows where they have a, an array of ten to fifteen different shirts and mm-hmm. a show shirt and posters and programs and bits and bobs, Bailey headband, Jeff Hardy sleeves, whatever. And you think AEW fans, you know, based on the numbers of people who buy the papes, would would be interested in spending their money when they go to a show, you know? Um, obviously, with WWE, you have the parents buying stuff for the kids, mm. as well as, I'm not saying that's the only case, but, you know, you have that element. At AEW, you would figure that they would want to cater to a, 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 a fan base who likes to spend their money on the, on the promotion. Um, but yeah, it, it looked a bit strange. And then the the comment from the AEW guy, I, I, I forget his name, but going like, "Well, it is what it is, and don't don't speak on what you don't know." There's other factors at play, blah blah. blah. It's like, yeah, mm. but I still feel like AEW is kind of missing uh, missing something there. I mean, ultimately, to us, it doesn't matter anyway, right? We we're we're just people who watch the show. We, we don't particularly care about that. No, but, but as a as a business analyst, which of course <laughs> which we are, 
<laughs> critics and uh, analysts uh, simultaneously. Yeah, there's I think there's other things like that that they don't that aren't quite perfect. Like even their social media and the YouTube presence and things like that feels a little bit half baked. You know, it could be a, it could be a lot more professional. And of course, as Barry always moans about, like the audio on the shows and some of the production and that kind of thing. I mean, they're, that, that, that's great. That's obviously much more of a priority than yeah. uh, than that. That they still don't have the audio right on shows, even as recently mm. as this week's Dynamite. Um, is is maddening, but yeah. Um, so get it right, AEW. Forgot yeah, AEW. Um, um, FTR were tweeting. Oh. That they've sorry, I've cut across your segue there. Um, FTR are tweeting that they uh, they've come to a, an agreement on what their next step is going to be. They're 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 doing a Sergio Ramos style documentary about, or not documentary. It's not going to be documentary, but a kind of thing of of teasing what their next move is going to be without saying what it is, which is a quite an annoying little little thing to be doing, right? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit annoying, a like, little bit. Oh. Especially for those two. Like, come on. Well, obviously, we love FTR here. Match of the year last year and all that, but... Yeah, but they're not... Come on. They're not... They're not MJF. They're not that type of character who's... You know what I mean? Who uses it as part of their whole aura. They're supposed to be no-nonsense, serious, you know... No-nonsense, serious, baby, yeah. Yeah. No, no, No flips, just fists. Well, they're they're doing some promotional flipping here, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it reminds me of the was it Eden Hazard when he joined Chelsea was doing a, as well a uh, I've chosen my next club. I want to yeah. reveal I reveal who it is on this day. It's like come on, just fucking get over number one, get over yourself. And and to your point, yeah, what happened to the the no nonsense? You know the no nonsense uh, characters. They're, they're, it's it's a little bit of oh care, someone care. Ooh, I know. Yeah. Um, speaking of of staying with AEW or leaving AEW or going to AEW, I'm going to AEW. Double or nothing. <laughs> Las Vegas, wow. Nevada, May 28th. So um, Friday, the tickets went on sale. There was no pre-sale or any kind of advanced ticket sale, which mm-hmm. is a bit annoying because I'd have been straight on that. But yeah, Friday at five o'clock our time. Tickets went on sale, so I was sat where I am now. I had my work laptop open, personal laptop open, had the, <laughs> the AXS uh, access, whatever it's called, open on both screens. Um, they had, because obviously they're doing Dynamite and Rampage in, in Vegas that week as well, and they had what was a, they called like combo ticket, so you can get tickets right. to both. And I thought, perfect, I'm going to go to both and just save yeah. time get straight on that. So I had, I had that open at like half four and the countdowns clicking, uh, ticking down to five o'clock. And I'm thinking, nice. Right. I'm in, I'm in, right. Just waiting. I'm in gets to five. You get put in a little queue, took a couple of minutes. I was in, I'm like, here we go. Please enter your code, your access code to yeah. get the combo ticket. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. I've never seen any code. <laughs> I start Googling like double or nothing combo cut, nothing. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I go back to the main screen and open up the um, individually open up both the pay-per-view and the uh, the Dynamite event, you know, logins. Yeah. Um, luckily, it wasn't sold out. But uh, of course, you have to do that annoying thing where 
it, you, you put best ticket available or best seat available, and then it serves you up a seat. And then you have to still have to click through to find out what the seat is. Right. Uh, then I have to go and look at the seating chart and go, is that a good seat or not? I don't know if that's a good seat. Let me, let me check. It's not a good seat. Let me refresh. So I'm doing this on both laptops, constantly going back and forth, refreshing, trying to make sure I get a decent seat. So finally I got one um, for, for uh, the pay-per-view, uh, lower tier, fairly central. It's not like in the opposite the hard cam, but just to the yeah. side of there. So pretty, pretty good seats. I was happy with those. Um, then I went on to the dynamite tape in and was like refreshing, refreshing. I was getting like, you know, the seats next to the the ramp next to the screen. I, I don't want to sit there. That's too, you can't see anything from there. It's no good. Right. Restricted. Then you get the ones that kind of opposite there, sort of the other side, like bit far back. I'm like, that's oh, not, not good. It's not good. Get refreshing. Oh, hello. Floor seats appear <gasps> in the uh, little, uh, in the little basket. Um, I said, yes, please. Snapped a couple of those up. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be in the third row for dynamite, which I was not planning on getting. I thought, oh god, that's going to be really expensive, or just you know, I don't want to be that close. But when that was better than the alternative, so I went for those. So yeah, I'm very excited to have a drink thrown in my face by MJF. Uh, very nice. And, and unlike that small child, I will love it and <laughs> for the rest of my life, I will never wash this face again. Very good. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to go to Vegas for a few days to see both the shows and, uh, yeah, and then see see Michelle's family as well. So it's a, mm. it's a good good trip. Very nice. i got to catch up now because you you and Barry will have both been to WrestleMania and an AEW pay-per-view, and I've, I've not been to either. Oh, <laughs> Let out a single solitary tear. 2024. 20, <laughs> Do all four... All four WWE pay-per-views. Just <laughs> yeah. travel around like the Brock Lesnar guy. Oh, Jesus. Become I a super I'd rather, I'd rather be in the grave, I think, than that. Um, <laughs> Buried alive match. Yeah, it was a final burial. Um, final burial. Yeah, I certainly have to uh, get out to one of those at some point. But uh, Last item on the news is uh, the impending debut of El Hijo del Vikingo. Against Kenny Omega on Dynamite this week, can't hardly wait. Sounds sounds good. Sounds I don't good. I don't know much uh, about this man. Oh well, surely, he appears to be. Surely you're on Twitter complaining about that. So yeah, I don't know. He's sort of like uh, uh, he's a he's a son of a Viking. What more do I need to know? Sounds brilliant. yeah. I feel specifically. I think this point's been made on Twitter, but I feel specifically with him. The appeal for people who haven't seen it before is just watch and what a surprise you'll get, you know? Yeah. He kind of um, looks like, like a cross between Bad Bunny and the Barbarian. Yes. Which is, yeah. Yeah. What more do you need to know? And he's a, a, a flippy, a flippy do master. I feel, I feel like this is a. What, I'm a kind of modern trend as well because I I would have thought back in the day, like when you brought a new guy in, like a kind of surprise guy or a guy with a big rep outside of that company, it was like exciting. It was like, oh my god, this who is this guy? You know, like when Yokozuna showed up in WWF at the time, I I you know I heard of Rodney Anoa or seen him in all AWA, no, but I was like, fucking hell, look at the size of him, he's massive. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. brilliant. 
Same for Mr. Yeah. Viking. Yes. I mean, I don't know what you could realistically do to get people to know him anyway. What, you're going to do a little character profile piece? Like, sit him down and do a little interview with him or something? No, the the, the excitement is, oh my God, this, this guy who's one of the, the most exciting wrestlers in the world is coming in for a match. That's as much mm-hmm. as you need. For people who haven't seen him before, just watch and be blown away. You know, yeah. Don't be no. just fucking complaining. People just love to fucking wank and complain, Joe. <laughs> um, we'll never, we'll never be those people. Anyway, never. Time for our cues of the week. We have a return of a That's beloved good. fan favorite, and actually, Joe, this is one of yours. Oh, so I've had a crack at one of Joe's quizzes here. Joe, you're mm-hmm. going to be playing on your own today. You are going to be playing drum roll. Superstar Annie Graham. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, if you recall the rules. So, uh, like, I think you, when you, I, I re-listened to the episode where this first was played. And uh, you said, well, if, if you thought Dwayne Johnson Busters was a load of old contrived shite, <laughs> you've heard nothing yet. Um, so, just to, to for people who've forgotten, I don't know how you would, but forgotten what this game is. So it's basically a Dwayne's Johnson, a Dwayne Johnson Buster, but the answer is not the name of a wrestler. The answer is an anagram which I've created, which itself mm. is an anagram of a wrestler's name. Yes, right. So I'll give Joe the clue and the initials if he requires. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will which will give him an anagram, and then it's for him to work out what is the that anagram uh, an anagram of which which wrestler's name. So I'll give you the first one here, Joe. Are you ready? Do you have your your notepad file written down I've, or, I've got or re- open and ready to go? Yeah. Okay, clue one. Right, <clears throat> that fella who complains a lot. Right. So what, what, what would you call him? He's bought a thing for his girlfriend. Hopefully, she'll say yes to it. That's your clue. That fellow who complains a lot, right? He's bought a thing for his girlfriend. Hopefully, she'll say yes to it. So there's two two bits there. Yeah. But is it Mona? Mona is correct. Yes. Okay. And ring? Correct. So so it's Mona's Moner's ring is your anagram. MR would have been the initials, obviously. Moner's ring. Moner's okay. ring. M O A N E R S or I N G. Moner's ring. Oh, Moner's ring. Sammy. Oh God, I can't. It's not jumping out at me immediately. Of course, if you're stuck, I can give you the initials of the of the wrestler if you need. Let me just Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is correct for one point. Yes, mm. you got it. You got it. Uh, right, I'm going to give you the worst of them now. Okay. Get it over yeah. and done with. Get it over and done with. Um, I was reading Shum. Shum, Jesus, I can't even read my own clue. Never mind trying to work it out. I was reading some Shakespeare, right? Mm. That might be that might be an equivalent of uh, Jamaican 
man on a rockbuster, right? So okay. Behind the curtain there, right? I was reading some Shakespeare, right? And one fella was reading a rule book and he thought, hmm, that's a bit sneaky, isn't it? So I don't think you're going to be able to get the, guess what the what the well, uh, give me the initials of the of the anagram. Let me okay, have that. Okay. The initials would be it. yeah. The initials would be O T A S L. O O thou. Well, it's O thy. O thy. Okay, close enough. Yeah. O thy. And then the second bit, it was the the fellow's reading a rule book, and he's all oh, that said. Bit. That's a bit sneaky. A a sneaky law. <laughs> it is oh thy a something oh, law. Thy, it's not sneaky though. Sneaky was the word I gave it. Uh, oh thy a slippery law. Oh, thy. Sne- sneaky more in the sense of if you were trying to sneak into uh, sneak Secret. into. Uh, Oh, closer. You're, let's say you're trying to sneak into sneak into a, a, a base after hours. So you're trying to you're trying to be kind of quiet and be surreptitious. trying to be subterfuge. So no, 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 no. What? No. Bit sneaky. Uh, bit quiet. Bit silent. Silent. silent well it's not silent but yeah you're being silent you're being you're trying not to be noticed you're being a little bit what's the word for that maybe uh, maybe in a, vid- a video game kind of way if you, if there's sections oh, of a game where you're trying uh, not to be noticed you're trying to be a little bit stealth oh thy stealthy law oh thy a stealthy law is correct yes oh, i know gosh. that's a little that's a little bit uh trite but that's O on its own, no H. O T H Y A Stealthy Law. Okay. Uh you can spell the wall, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> it's the wall, brother. Yeah, it's not um, the wall. O thy a stealthy law. Uh are these, is there any particular themes to all of these, or is it just any wrestler? Oh, I, 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 I sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh. I, I've noticed that I've made an error, but I can fix it very easily. I've okay. left out a letter. I've left out a letter in the acronym, but I can throw it in. So can you update it to OK, thy stealthy law? <laughs> <laughs> Still works. Still that's works, baby. Sense. Okay, oh. that's, that's fine. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Sorry, um, I, just, I was just looking at it, going, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." Uh, no, I think I think this one is this one is this one is wrong. I think I, I'm going to have to give it to you. I think I think I've I think what I've done is I I use the same letter twice instead of the K. So actually, it's it's wrong. So I have to I have to throw. Give me the, a, give me the initials. Give me the initials. I can probably still get it. Yeah, S H. Scott Hansen. No. So um, what I've done is I've I've used the H twice instead of a K. So obviously I, I mixed up a H for a K. So that's on me. Sorry about that. Uh, well, well, well. Um, who's got K in their name? That's a yeah. Kill, kill, uh, 
Mm, I think I'm going to have to pass. No. Yeah, well, uh, totally my fault. I'll, I'll accept. I'll, I'll accept the, the wrong one on this one. Uh, fuck, I don't know how I used that that H for a K, but it, it was Stokely Hathaway. But uh, of course, oh, now I see it. Oh no, there is two H's. Sorry, I'm I'm I'm, I'm right. I think I think I think I, I missed the K somehow. But anyway, Stokely Hathaway would have been the answer. Um, moving on to ones that do work. Okay, there we go. Right, question number three. That bit at the circus where they you know swing around and that. Right. Yeah. For some reason, the circus boss is only feeding these people these like sour yellow fruits. What's that all about? Acrobat lemon. It is lemon. It's not an acrobat. What? What? In, in circus terms, what do you call that thing where they swing on the little gimmick? Tumblers? They are acrobatic. No, no, no. Um... You're not up to date on your circus lingo, eh? I know. I'm. I'm very out of the loop when it comes you're very circus to... agnostic yeah uh the it, swingy, it does start with, with a t it does start with a t tightrope no no tightrope no. is just walk along the rope they're not swinging, they walk along the rope, they're they're not swinging. yeah yeah uh, the sense. swingy the swingy the swingy gimmicks i have no idea it's it's, it's the trapeze oh the trapeze yeah okay so you're looking oh, okay, at lemon lemon trapeze here. Okay. Uh, mm, 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 test. Why are these so hard? They're so easy Lem- when you do them, and then you see yeah. you like <laughs> lemon lemon trapeze. It's an AW wrestler. I'll give you that. Okay. Oh, uh, with a Z in their name. Oh, singing can't Peter Avalon. Too many times. No, it's not. Uh, oh God, I'm blanking. Zing, <laughs> lemon trapeze. I'm hoping the rest of these work, by the way. I actually, I should have double-checked these before I made the quiz. I'm pretty sure that Stokely Hathaway is the only one that was wrong. I mean, most I'm just of, looking at the rest of them. I'm looking at the rest of them now. They, they look right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that they are. Lemon trapeze. Oh. <laughs> uh, you got to pass on it? Yeah, give me, the, give me the initials. Oh, well, the initials are going to give it away. Good. So okay, P E Z M. P E Z M. Yep. <laughs> he stumped. P E Z M. Yep. What? P-E-Z-M. Yeah. Is it really obvious? Yes. P- no. P-Z- P-E-Z-M. P-E-Z-M. Zan. <laughs> the M might not stand for something. There's a clue for you. In fact, it does, but in oh, his pre- name it doesn't. Oh, Penta Zero Miedo. Yeah, Penta El Zero M. Oh, Penta El Zero Miedo. 
Not even that's, a, that's a hard one. That's a hard Penta one. L0M. That's his name. No one calls him Penta 0LM. Well, in AW, they do. Sorry. They d- I've never heard that. What do you call him? I call Penta him. Junior. I don't, he's never on telly, so I don't remember. <laughs> I don't just call him whatever. Penta. Penta L0M is his AW name officially. Uh, next one, number four. I was a bit confused by some pencils and paper and all that. I was confused by it. Um, what do you, what if you, what do you say if you're not sure? You kind of did it just now, huh? Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, maybe not her. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Um, uh, 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 how are you spelling her though? U H. Oh, you. U H. U H. Stationary. Correct. That's it. Uh, stationary. Yeah. U-H, and then the word stationary. Um, this is a WWE boy. WWE, uh, stationary. Uh, Shane. Wait, is it Shane? S-H-A-N. What did I leave? T-I... Oh. oh, okay. It's not Shane. Um, Otis. It's not Otis. Although you can make Otis with those letters for sure. Hen- Henry. Or he's called. He's called Otis now. He's with Otis. the maximum male models. He's called Otis. Otis. <laughs> Imagine if Vince brought back brought them back. With OTs, that'd be great. Well, they're on Raw. They're on, they're on Raw. This Wait, he's, no, they are really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's called OTs, and he's. he's I don't believe uh, that. Wait, Maximum. look at his Twitter. Look at his, look at his Twitter. Hang on, I'll just Google it. Look at his Twitter account. Otis, this isn't helping me get the clue, but this is more important than yeah than that. Otis, um, Otis Dozeri. Oh, I can't find Twitter doesn't work. Oh no! Wait. Oh, Otis. Oh, <laughs> and look at this picture. <laughs> Otis, O T I S, and then E accent for some reason. Otis. <laughs> oh no! But they are really back. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway. Otis Mansoir um, and. Marseille. Anyway, sorry. Give me the give me the, 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 the stationary. Uh, stationary. Give me the initials because I, I of the wrestler AT. Yeah. Uh, Anthony. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and no, Anton. He's he, he's a champion in in WWE currently. Gunter. Uh, Roman Reigns. He's got, Gunter. He's got a high profile match at WrestleMania already made. Kevin Owens. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> You're not even trying anymore. <laughs> not even trying. Sammy's. I, 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 someone's got a high. Is it a woman? No, it's a man. Oh, it's a man. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Oh. What's the in fact, if you, if, if you say if you say uh, stationary enough, it might sound a little bit like his name. A stationary. A station. A stationary. Austin Theory. <laughs> Correct. 
Oh, okay, fair enough. A stationary. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Oh kind of a stationary Austin theory. Okay, and then last one. This is your hard okay. mode one. I I'm think this, this, is, this is the hardest one. I think this this for me was the hardest one, but maybe you'll get it immediately. Yeah, yeah. And not lemon trapeze, which I thought was pretty simple. I I was well sick, right? Sick that they stole me nice beige fabricy pants. Right. So break this down, right? I, I I was well sick, right? I was made to feel ill. What's the word for feeling unwell? Nauseous. Starting with an N. Not well, nauseous, but the the verb form to be made Nause- to feel yeah. not. Oh, nauseated. Nauseates, nauseates is right. Right, right. Well nauseates. done, well done. Spelling that one. That's your first your first part of the quiz. Uh, and that they stole me me beige pants. What do you call those kind of pants? What are they called? Cocky. P- Yes, and they stole it. They they what? They, they t- Nick? took 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 me khaki. Took khaki. No, see, it's took khaki. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that that almost could be the name of a band or something. Nauseates took khaki. Um, Nauseates took khaki is your uh, is your clue. What wrestler is that? And that this this uh, is your hard mode one. I, I, I grant you that. What is it? AW or WWE? AW. Oh, uh, no. Did <laughs> you think you had it? No, wait, hang on. What are you going to say? I was going to say, um, yeah. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, no, I know it is. Now I'm blanking on the actual name. Uh, it's Takeshita. Correct. Very What's his name? Good. Hang on, no, I've got to get the name. I've got to get his name. Takeshita. Well, it, it is Takeshita. Well, take out the, the the letters of Takeshita and work it out. T A K E S Takeshita. What do you left with? Nuizuk. <laughs> Sonuke, no. Sonuke? What is his name? It's Konosuke. Konosuke, oh my Konosuke god. Konosuke oh, I, 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 Looking at it now, I think, no, no, that, that, that was right as well. Yeah, yeah that's Konosuke. right. Oh. Konosuke Takeshita is, is your, your, what do you got? You, you got who it was. I got to give you that one. Yeah. I, oh, I got to give, um, give you that one. Konosuke. I just, I don't remember names anymore. This is um yeah well you know old age comes to all of us. This is what happens since yeah yeah, yeah. anyway that was good anyway, that is harder. they are uh, hard I feel bad now that I made it's a difficult made... game yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I uh, gave you both shit for that that is very hard <laughs> well I mean you got you got three three of them pretty much unprompted I think mm. yeah, well, uh, although we, well. uh, in terms of giving you the clues we at least gave you held your hand on that right. Right, let's Wrestling. talk about AEW. AEW yeah, Dynamite. I, I haven't watched Rampage. I'll, well, I talk, I'll talk about Rampage. Well, I, I watched something else in lieu of that. What did you watch? I watched WWE Smackdown. Fuck off, why? I did. Because it was on mm-hmm. early enough that I could watch it because of the time difference between here and the US. You rascal. You treacherous slime. Let me just quickly tell you how it was. It's fine. <laughs> it was okay. 
Yeah, I, there was. I do have a nitpick this week, but it's a nitpick for SmackDown. It's not a nitpick oh, for AEW. Well, less encouraged. So they told a story, right, where it opened up with Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens doing a "You two mm-hmm. boys need to be friends again" in our war with the Bloodline, right? Kevin Owens wasn't having it, and then after that segment, it showed, you know, backstage, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is getting into his car and driving away. Right, mm-hmm. so, like Sami Zayn's like, I do want to be your friend. Let's be friends. And Kevin Owens says, No, no, no. And he gets into the car and drives away. Later on in the night, Sami Zayn is being like in the last segment of the evening. Sami Zayn's getting beaten up by the Usos, and of course, Kevin Owens' music plays. He comes down for the save. Right now, this is me again with my how to make wrestling better hat, which only I have for some reason. In this world, nobody else knows. Um. Because I'm obviously the the really the world's preeminent wrestling mind. I don't know how I haven't been hired already. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, what what should have happened then is take cast your mind back to the Attitude Era where all things were done correctly and nothing was ever bad. <laughs> right? You've set up. Kevin Owens got in the car and drove away. Yeah. Sami Zayn's getting beat up by the Usos. I don't. I don't want Kevin Owens' music plays and he just comes out and it beats them up. I want the shot of the parking lot and his car pulls in. Because you, you it was like a, a, an unusual green car. They've set up visually mm. he got into this green car. You want, it's the parking lot. What's happening? The car, it's coming out. He's back. And then you get the, the huge pop of him him returning. You can have the Usos looking at the, the Titan with a, a look of yeah. frightenedness on their face. Yeah, yeah. And then you have his music plays and he comes out and, and Havoc and he beats their asses. Yeah, the fact yeah. that he just his music played and he appeared, I felt like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity to have that big moment where. Yeah, you need the establishing shot. The kind of. Yeah, I, and I've always loved when 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 that happens in wrestling, where it's not just mm-hmm. the music plays and they come out. It's Steve Austin coming back in the ambulance. You know that that kind of thing where you have the yep. the backstage and there's the the moment of uncertainty you you see the backstage what mm. why are we seeing backstage what's happening and the car comes around the corner or whatever yeah, big, yeah, old, yeah. big old screech shot of the usos looking at screen shot backstage the door's open it's kevin yeah, yeah, yeah. In the car. Ah. they didn't do that unfortunately but well, that's just that's a staple of uh, wrestling and you know it's what's a staple wrestling it. that no company does anymore is you have your first segment right mm. and then you have a shot of popular wrestler arriving at the show. Like, you remember we used to watch Raw or SmackDown? Yeah. Raw, more so, back in the day. And you have your first match, LOD 2000 against the Oddities. <laughs> yeah. They were showing. <laughs> and the first thing you would have backstage would be then The Rock arriving at the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's on his way out here. It's such an easy pop and an easy establishment of the rocks in the building. He's going to be an important part of the show. Yeah. And it feels like a big no deal. No company does that anymore. No company does that anymore. Like they never not, do the, here's someone at the show. He's a busy man. He's not just sitting backstage picking his ass. You know, he's out, he's out, he's out somewhere. He's just arrived just in time for the show. Oh my God. The rocks, you know. And it doesn't make yeah. him feel like a big star because he's, oh my he God, actually, here he is. Gets out of a limo, or, that kind of thing. Or that's what I was going to go for. The limo pulls up. Camera, low panning shot, door yeah. opens. You see the feet, the feet stand out. Who is it? No company does that anymore. These, these easy, easy gets. No one does it. Why not? If they did that with Wardlow once, you'd, you'd actually he'd be the biggest star in the world. He'd be the biggest star in, fucking, in the business, brother. <laughs> but, they, but they won't do it. 
No, but th- this is this is one problem. I know we're getting on, on a, a tangent here, but one problem with AEW, I feel like, is too mm. much of their shows are are set up in advance. In terms of you know what the matches are going to be, there's very little unpredictability or mm. spontaneity because of that. You know what, Paul? You're just taking the words right out of my mouth because and 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 leading into talking about dynamite, there were there was there was controversy about this week's episode and and some of the segments. But for me, what what I really liked about this week was that it was it felt very unpredictable. Like the opening segment, for example, with the four pillars. Yeah. Like, did we know that was going to happen? Would you have expected that to happen? Of course not. So I was like, oh and my god, this is for. actually this is exciting. Yeah. And I know, okay, people don't like all the shoot comments and kind of burying rampage a little bit and that sort of thing. But I just was like, fuck, yeah, this is this is unexpected. This is what I want. And then I can't remember what the other segment was. We'll get to it. But there was there was another one in the show that I met mean, at the end with the elite kind of confronting um back Blackpool BCC. Combat Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, fuck, I didn't know this, this was going to happen. And to your point, yeah, Dynamite is mainly matches, and the matches do get uh, promoted in advance, which I think is a good thing. It's better that than kind of making it up the night before. But it does, uh, doesn't does leave a lot of room for predictability in terms of angles. Yeah, you need to have a balance. Yeah, I think, so, yeah, set up the matches each week, but then have some unpredictable segments, angles, whatever it may be. Have the acclaimed come out and do a rapper, then they get interrupted by someone unexpected you know we, that's what it's missing and that's what i kind of liked about this episode even if there were yeah yeah it's yeah. valid criticism but they, like if, if it's someone big fair enough you can do your like you could promote this one as we'll hear from mjf and it leads to something unpredictable but they'll do like we'll hear from the firm you know everything is promoted even stuff that you know we we don't need to know is necessarily cool. yeah um and so yeah sometimes the shows just feel a little bit like procedural because you're just like okay these are the five yeah. matches we're getting these are the two promo segments we're getting let's let's go through it um and yeah i'd like to see a little bit more of these segments thrown in wardlow arriving at the building especially if wardlow has just been wronged as he has been with this qt marshall mm. stuff let's have a Wardlow's in the building. What does that mean? You used to have that as well. I know. I know. We're just. We're now. This segment has just become ticking off the tropes of, of <laughs> classic wrestling. But you know, Wardlow's backstage. Q- QT and Powerhouse Hobbs haven't arrived yet. Wardlow's in the parking lot waiting for them. He's, he's, oh, he's yeah. going to get his revenge. You know, uh, yeah, stuff like that. And, and this is true as well. Is wrestling shows used to be a, have a okay? They weren't standalone. They were obviously continual stories. But sometimes you'd have within a show a condensed storyline. Vince yeah. McMahon, how's he going to screw Austin this week? Vince yeah. McMahon has a plan. He's going to do X, Y, Z. Austin arrives. There's a little, there's a little storyline that goes through the show. You know, it's not just very your 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 seven or eight different segments that have yeah. no interplay with each yeah, other. Yeah. You have one little through line. That's something I'd like to see AW do more a little bit as well. I'm not yeah. saying you have to do you know because I know it's been run into the ground by WWE, but you have your promo battle royal, and then. In a, in a WWE world, this show would have ended with a tag team match, MJF and Sammy against Darby mm. and Jungle Boy. Which, you know, I, I'm happy we didn't get that. But I'd like there to be a little bit more of a through line through each show so that whatever happens in your opening segment, let's say, that there's a little advancement of that maybe later in the show, a little payoff, a little, you know, set up a little thing, a little storyline. Because that's one thing we have. We have our AW storylines, but the shows themselves don't have a storyline. Mm-hmm. Or a plot, you know, that you can follow. Um, yes, which I think lends itself to to more memorable moments, right? You have Austin in the Zamboni, 
And again, I know we're we're comparing to the height. You know, we're going. Why yeah. are not all movies? Why are not all movies Citizen Kane? <laughs> you know, why don't they all do what The Godfather did? But it's like the Zamboni thing. People people remember that, but obviously that was a a a, a, a different segment. That was Vince McMahon with the mm. new title belt with Undertaker and Kane announcing. Yeah. Um. You know, a a, a pay per view match. For, yeah. for, after breakout, after the triple threat match of breakout. And then you had after that, Austin got arrested, and then you had Undertaker and Kane breaking Vince McMahon's ankle. It wasn't just a segment that Austin comes down as a bone. There was more to it in, in even within the context of that one show. Um anyway, let's get on to our Dynamite review. Dynamite I thought was pretty good this week. I thought it was pretty good. I'm looking at the rundown here. Only four matches on Dynamite? That can't be right. What? I I swear it may be Four ones fucked up, or maybe there were only four matches. But anyway, um, I feel like the baby kicks off with the MJF promo that we talked about with the four pillars, which was great. Um, and 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 yeah. you know, yeah, people will say a nitpick, and rightfully so, that there were certain you were shooting brothers. But yeah, I thought for the first time, and and my biggest takeaway from it was in, in the first time in a long time, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen felt. Fresh and important. Exciting. Yeah. And exciting. Yeah. There you go. And Sammy Guevara was there as well. <laughs> well, um, we had to have the four pillars. But. He, um, I liked when he said, you know, when I came in, I was supposed to be like a job guy and a bump guy for Jericho. Uh, you still are, brother. <laughs> you're, still, <laughs> you're still his henchman. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of progressed yeah. and then you regressed immediately. But um, yeah, I, I like this. Um, I thought the promos were good. I thought, Jungle Boy did a good job. And I thought Darby Allen's promo was really good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know why he doesn't get more promo time. but um, And M- MJF took a hell of a bump into the cake, which they missed. Yes. Um, he didn't end up with a lot of icing on his face. That was the only problem for me. I wanted it to be that like... That might be more the fault of the, of the cake itself. Wasn't yeah, that? they should have got an icy, icy cake. So it would have been like Mrs. Doubtfire with the big yeah. um, ice face mask. But... Um, yeah, I enjoyed that, and I don't know what it's setting up exactly. Maybe a four-way match, or I don't know, I some kind so. of gauntlet, or he faces all of them individually. I don't know, but I, I look forward to that. It's it's intrigued me, and that's what that's what a good segment should do. That's what it should do exactly. Um, so after that, um, Hangman Page and Dark Order versus Black Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd move on. Hangman and Moxley would sort of move on, but looks like they're not. But, but at the same time, it, but based on what we saw in the end of the show, it seems like that story is morphing into something else, including the elite. Well, yeah. Again, I still don't know if I want that either. Like, if they're uh, heading I, towards I, a blood and guts match, well, I mean, that would be great, but I don't know. Well, I, I'm just happy to have the elite involved in some kind of angle instead of doing nothing for the last yeah. six months since they came back. Um. And we saw the return of Stu Grayson, who's now back, which is great because uh, he looked fantastic. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't notice that to be honest, because I don't. I don't know who's in the dark order. <laughs> I don't know which <laughs> one's which. To be honest, well, he was. He's been gone. He made one appearance in the last year. He, he left the company. Yeah. And now he's now he's been resigned. Um, he's great. I, th- I think he had a very good show. Yeah, good for him. And he'll be against Moxie on Dynamite this coming week. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Jade Cargill built, built, beat a woman. Uh, Nicole Matthews. Well, Nicole Matthews, who's who's I remember reading about in the pages of Power Slam back in the day. Like she's a name that I recognize. 
Um, and I saw outrage that she wasn't treated to a, I mean, a 15 minute classic with Jade, but like she, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, she was with Portia Perez. Yes. I remember. Her yes. Now. Like I know, in, was, in, in, in the true heyday of indie women's wrestling, you know, like the, the very yeah, days when I was the really real, off. the real women's revolution. In so sense. yeah, she's good. But to be honest, she's not like, come on. It's not like, I don't know, Sable. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, she's not someone who's like been a huge star in a in the big companies. No, she hasn't. She hasn't. And, so and I, 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 maybe she would have been if she kind of was coming up at a time where John Laurinaitis wasn't hiring the women for WWE. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You can wrestle, but have you got enormous tits though? Oh dear. Because that 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 was at the time their their kind of mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, Jade Jade Beater really handily maybe maybe they could have given her a little bit more of a showcase but i mean the the point of the segment wasn't to get over nicole matthews it was the debut of mm. taya valkyrie who um came out and did jane's jade's finisher on uh Layla gray which is uh, and i believe she did the same move on like i is i know that there are lots of women throughout time have used that finish and it, it did get me thinking about we kind of just accept as viewers that every wrestler's finisher has to be different from mm. the next wrestler. And I was, I was wondering why, why is that the case? Why can you not have two wrestlers who use the same finish and you can make an interesting story as they have done. And the, and the rare occasion where that's happened, I remember Eddie Grau and RVD feuding over who did the best, the better frog splash. Oh yeah. But um, you very, very rarely will see two wrestlers in, the, in, in a company using the same finishing hold. Do you get me thinking about why that is, and why can't you just have that Taya and Jade both have the, like in 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 UFC? I know it's a very tenuous link, but you have mm. you might have a, a, an armbar specialist like a Ronda Rousey when she, when she was coming up. You don't just have one of them in the company, you know. And in fact, as a UFC viewer, let's say you had two. I know you, you you're not a UFC fan, but let's say you had two fighters who both have the same like unique speciality that would be a really mm. interesting thing for me to watch oh my god so you could do something here with they both use the same finish who can get it on the other one first who can really who's really mastered the move more you know that could be maybe unique a unique uh element to it rather than just oh my god she's using jade's finish to really get under her skin which is a less interesting mm. to me version of that but i don't know i just think we we, we take for granted now that wrestlers must all use different finishers. I don't know if that necessarily has to be the case. No, I suppose not. I suppose not. Especially if you've got a variety, an arsenal, a variety of uh, maneuvers in your at your disposal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then Ty- so that ended. Anyway, that was a squash match, and then uh, Taya Valkyrie, who I believe yeah. is married to John Morrison, aka Johnny Johnny Dynamite. Elite. Johnny Johnny Elite. Yeah. Um, came out, uh, yeah, and so she's going to be the next challenger, and that that yeah, I think that's fine. Like I, I again, she's, she's, a bit of a- she, she's a bit, she's a big girl. She, I, I don't mean, I mean, she she looked the same size as Jade. You know, Jade, Jade will usually look look so much bigger than her opponents. Mm. Ty and Jade seem to be of similar sizes, so it didn't seem like Ty is is one to be overawed physically by Jade, which again is an interesting angle to it. Yeah, so we'll see where that goes. That led into um, QTV, which appears to be <laughs> a TMZ. 
TMZ parody slightly past its best. Um, it was kind of well executed. I, I just I like QT Marshall because he's so smug and awful. He's like I think he's genuinely a very good heel. Um, right. But they they kind of just buried Wardlow, but a bit too near the knuckle for me in terms of comparing him to Batista. Um, <laughs> just just really hi- highlighting the weaknesses of the whole thing. Mm, sure, and, sure. The, and the little jab about the MJF stopping his momentum and that kind of, I, I don't know that that's constructive. Um, yeah, I, I, I get your point. There, there's a, with the, with the shoot comments that we had also in the opening segment, there's a level to where that'll elicit a positive response and a level where, you know, the thing with heels is heels should believe that they're right, but they should actually mm. not be right. So yes. when you have, you know, and also, there's a thing in wrestling of build up your opponents so when you beat them, mm. you look better. Rather than just saying, this Warlock guy's a fucking jabron. Um, I'll give you the yeah, perfect I, perfect example of that. When MJF and Punk were doing a, a back and forth, and MJF said, uh, "You were ne- let's face it, you were never as good um, as the You Can't See Me guy or the King of Kings. Which is not too different to what they were saying here, except for the fact that the fans know that that's not really true, or we don't believe that that's true. You don't think Punk right. was inferior to Triple H or John Cena. And then Punk comes back with, the only way you'll get to the top is if you marry Tony Khan's daughter, that kind of thing. And again, we get the reference, but it's not really burying MJF. We, you know, we yeah. get it. This is, the problem is, this is true, <laughs> what they're saying. He is, just a, <laughs> he is a shit, it has been a shit version of the Batista push. And that's the problem. So, um, also, I don't, I don't quite get like, what is it? Why are they? Why do they? Why are they TMZ? <laughs> like, why are yeah. they? Doing, it doesn't. It's there's like, no rationale for it, is there? Just it's a bit weird. I just something to do. And, and I remember on on the soup with Joel McHale, they used to do TMZ parodies like this. Mm. Uh, this the soup went off the air in 2015. Just to yeah. put that into perspective as well. Yeah. And although I didn't hate the segment, I thought it was funny. And I know other people who thought it was funny. I know a lot of people who were very divisive. A lot of people hated it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was passe. I will say that much. That's uh, pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, after that, Jeff Jarrett, Orange Cassidy, which was I think was a very fun, fun little match. Enjoyed that. Um very, very yeah. much. J- Jarrett over-delivering uh, in this little run, I think. He's really good. He's very good. He's very good. Um, the Outcast did a promo. Did not I'm watch sure that, did. baby. Did not watch that. Uh, Rio ran at the end, which was good. I did watch it, and it was notable because Soraya called the fans uh, twats, which she, she then got uh, she she got um, fined for. That's more accepted in the UK than in the US. Yeah, you can say that. You, you, say you that, dirty yeah. twats. You twat. <gasps> what? Call her, call her a knobhead. Call them, call them knobheads or and tossers. Yeah. Tossers. <laughs> um, no, the thing is, if you're English, you have to say wanker because in the US, that's just adorable and you can get away with it. Yeah, a bunch of wankers. You, you wankers. Uh, I would like to see Riho do a kind of sting crow gimmick. She should ditch like all the, the the bouncy kind of colorful stuff and just like sit in the crowd with dark makeup on. I think that'd be funny. Okay. Anyway, sure. Dark, like dark Reno. <laughs> anyway, that's an idea for you. Um, then the main event, which was the triple the triple trios match, 
Uh, which was great as well. Yeah, that's what we kind of expected. Excellent stuff. Yeah. And then the post and the post match uh, the post match angle. We 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 touched that already. Yeah, yeah we touched it. Was very yeah. very good. Very very enjoyable. And so we we that that's kind of the hook then for next week is and obviously I don't know if they mentioned on Rampage but the hook is Hangman and the Elite. Hmm, Strokes beard. What does that mean? So we'll see. Yeah, and then um, Rampage was was fine. Um, oh yeah, I haven't watched them. So. Brody King, Daniel Garcia, and Hobbs versus Phoenix, which are both both very good. To be fair, I love Daniel Garcia. He's so good. He's one of my favorites. Um, you also had the Bollywood Boys. They were they were on there. I, d- I don't know. I always thought they should dye their hair blonde. <laughs> I always thought they should dye their hair blonde and be the Bollywood blondes. The Bollywood blondes. I like. Wouldn't it. that be? Wouldn't that be good? I like it. Anyway, yeah. I like I've got full of ideas today. There you um, go. We're, we're the idea boys. So that was the wrestling for the week. Um, Paul, have you seen a movie? I've seen a little movie. I saw the one movie I saw in Colleen Kuhn, uh, better known outside of Ireland as The Quiet Girl. Oh, yeah. It sounds weird to me to say now because I've been calling it all on Colleen Kuhn since I've seen it. Um, it's an Oscar nominated Irish film. I think it was not nominated for an international feature film, formerly mm-hmm. known as Best Foreign Language Film. Uh, and it is uh, in Irish. It's not in English. There's a little bit of English in it. And actually, that's used as kind of a character. Mm. Um, uh, what do you call trait. it? A character. A characterism. A, a trait. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I, thought it, I thought it was really, really great. I, do, I did buy it on DVD a few weeks ago, and I watched it on St. Patrick's Day. I thought that was an appropriate time to watch an Irish movie. Mm. Um. So the story of the movie is basically this little girl who uh, lives in an Irish-speaking part of the world in Ireland. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's going through a tough time at school and, and with the family. She, she there, There's eluded elements of potential abuse at play. And, and just mm. in a general sense, she's just is not necessarily in a loving, happy environment. Uh, and her mother's pregnant, and so for the summer she gets shipped off to uh, cousins of her parents, or a cousin of her parents and her husband, uh, to live with them over the summer. And she kind of this is this is a, a much more supportive, loving environment she's in, and she kind of mm. stays there for summer. Then obviously at the end of summer she has to go home. So there's the story of her summer and her coming to terms with this new way of life. And obviously, there there are also other things at play that I won't spoil. But um, and yeah, and, and as I as I touched on earlier, within her family, they all speak Irish, except the father just speaks English. He doesn't like it, it's kind of a thing where he's he's portrayed a certain way, but also he hasn't bothered to learn to speak Irish. He doesn't speak Irish with the kids. He speaks, you know, mm. whereas everything else is in Irish. So it's not so much that he speaks English uh, as a negative thing. It's just that he doesn't bother with Irish, where all the other characters speak Irish. Mm. Whenever he shows up all the other characters have to switch back to English to communicate with him. Um, but no, I thought it was very, very good. Um, if a little, it's, it's, it's quite predictable. I don't think there's too many twists and turns. There, there was no revelations where I was like, Oh my God, or taken aback or shocked. It was all, yeah, stuff you saw coming, but done really well. Um, really solidly. And, and, you know, I, I won't tell a lie and say that, um, come the end, that there wasn't a little bit of dust in the old eyes, a little bit of the, the, the Cody Rhodes lip quiver. 
Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really great. It was good. Good to finally um, see another another uh, top Irish movie from last year to go along with Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's probably quite as good as Banshees of Inisherin, but it's it's a it's a really solidly made little little indie flick. Uh, properly mm. good with great performances in it and being Oscalga, I don't know how accessible it would be for uh, a non-Irish audience. It, it is very Irish also in its, in its sensibilities and its references, but I thought it, I thought it was really good. Really solid. Good solid. Eight out of 10, eight out of 10. Ucht os okay. yeah, movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, on a similar note, actually, I, I we went to see a movie called Rye Lane. Uh, which is set in southeast London, uh, where I'm I'm from, born and raised, still live. Um, so, so it's the rom com, but direct kind of directed, shot in a very kind of interesting way. Um, so it's about two characters kind of meet um, actually in some toilets. So one of the characters has recently been dumped mm-hmm. and is crying okay. in the toilet, and this is the kind of meet cute that he has with. The, the the love interest the female character um so it's mainly set around kind of peckham and brixton in south london which are it's kind of the heart of the the black community in london right. um so it's it's a, a mainly kind of black cast um with a few few kind of oh a few white people showing up now and again annoying or oh, bloody getting in there getting <laughs> okay. their faces in there um so, so yeah, it's a really kind of fun story. It's, it's, there's some very kind of like silly characters in it. It does a lot of kind of cutaways to like flashbacks and things like that. Um, kind of plays with like the format and, um, yeah, it is, it was kind of, it's set in all across, but almost all across kind of one day as well, which is always an interesting thing. A little bit like a, um, before sunset, um, type of thing. Or, no, right. What was the first one? Yeah. Before sunset. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was very funny. There's one character that's just completely stupid. It just constantly says stupid things. And I love that because I don't okay. think all characters need to have like kind of nuance and depth. You know, I just love a stupid character who just says stupid things to me. That is like, you need a bit of that in the, in the mix. Um, yeah, but it's very good. And it's, it's, it's good to see, um, kind of locations that you're very familiar with, you know, once you see those streets, it, feel, it, it changes the kind of way you feel about the film. I think, and changes uh, your sort of interpretation of it. So um, yeah, I thought it was, it was a it was a good little good little kind of British film, uh, Rye Lane. So I definitely recommend checking that yeah. one out. The two boys supporting the local film industry. How about yes, yes, yes? That was good. That was good. Um, so that's the films of the week. TV, uh, nothing really notable. We've been catching up on on Succession, watching the first couple of seasons of that oh, before the. Bit. Before one the fourth one drops, and now we've got a, f- a f- bit more to watch, but uh, really enjoying that. Uh, and yeah, we're just w- rewatching uh, Call the Midwife, which is one of Michelle's favorite shows, a show I've also grown to love. Um, uh, we're kind of watching that from season one, and um, so that's great. It's very weird because I started watching it probably around season eight or something, and so going back and watching the early ones, it's like yeah. they've made a, pr- a prequel. Um, whereas <laughs> sure. they haven't, but to me, Same it's actors. like, it's like, oh my God, the, the whole of the, it's like seeing, you know, Phantom Menace and, uh, yeah, yeah. Attack of the Clans. Um, yeah, very good. It's also, good, hopefully, except good. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course the other thing on at the moment, the Mandalorian, I know you're, you're watching that, Paul. Are you caught up? Are you, yeah. Are you course. up to date with the Mandalorian? Okay. Yeah. 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 
You, so where are you? Where are you with your Mando journey? I'm Did you watch Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so you're just waiting to begin season three. No, I've, so we're in season three. Okay. I haven't watched this. I haven't watched this week's one. You just haven't watched the most recent one. Okay, yeah, I've watched the other two. I won't spoil it for you. Obviously, it is a little bit of Book of Boba Fett where it's really not an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, it's a different story. I actually really enjoyed it, though. It felt it felt a lot closer to Andor, which I know you haven't dipped your toe into that pool yet. But this, if if you enjoyed this episode, it might give you a, a feel for kind of that same tone of Andor. It's, um, I don't know. I feel like they've whizzed through the story of what I thought the season of Mandalorian was going to be. I thought it was going to be building to him making it back to Mandalore and going into the the living waters. And so by by the end of episode two, where I'm like, Jesus, we finished the season already. It felt like, like mm. okay, maybe that's not the destination we're actually going. So episode three is setting up this other plot line. And I'm sure the two are going to meet right further down the season and we'll talk about what that is but i i liked i liked there was a different change of pace it was very very little action it obviously like the, the book of boba fett episodes it, it opens up with your your seven or eight minutes of mandalorian stuff so you have your your baby yoda you have mm. uh din Djarin, you have uh all that and then at the end of the episode again it also bookends with another scene with them but the vast majority of the middle and this episode's an hour long it's a full 58 minutes is is spent with um, tertiary characters who we've met before. You you, you might not like there, there. There is a little previously on. Here's those characters, so you know what the fuck's happening. But uh, I actually thought it was great. I, th- I actually thought there were hints as well of what would be possible for a Star Wars show to do in, in the sense of being something like a severance. Like imagine what a severance type show would be like in the in the world of Star Wars. Oh, okay. I didn't feel like this is necessarily that, but kind of in that direction where it's like, Oh, mm. maybe if, if they were really creative, they could do something like this that wouldn't necessarily feel like it had to follow the trappings of what star Wars is, but could be something like severance within the star Wars universe. And there are certain elements of that play here, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I know again, it's been divisive because people sometimes just want their, their Mandalorian and baby Yoda fix, <laughs> you know and when he spent time away from that they're like well, what the fuck is this but i actually thought it it was um a different uh like a change of pace mm. different kind of feel which i appreciate because you know as much as i love mandalorian and and grogu especially with season two i felt like it kind of lost steam through the middle of it there was just a, like two, one too many oh they go on this adventure they fight this thing and then on to the next one mm. um this felt like, okay, we're not spending time with Mandalorian and Grogu, but we are setting up something important. So we're going to take the time to do that and do it in an interesting way, um, which is a little bit more talky, a little less a little less action. Which I, I, pre- I, I enjoy it. It is long, though. So maybe do what I did and watch it as two episodes. So first of all, I watched up oh. to the, tw- the 29th minute. And then I said, right, when this scene ends, I'm going to pretend that's mm. the end of the episode. And then the following morning, which was today, I watched the remaining 28 minutes as as a part two. Because um, I, I, I with, with any of these shows, whenever I see that it, it's an hour long, I can't really hack it. It's a little long for me, for, these, <laughs> for this kind of show. For a succession, give me an hour and a half. Keep it going. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. But for your Mandalorian, let's do 42 minutes and be out of here. So when, when I saw it was an hour, I was like, oh. But no, I thought it was very enjoyable. 
Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, have you, before we get, we're going to finish up as usual with a few music reviews, but have you got any video game updates for us? Yes, I do. I, I started and finished a game on the Nintendo Switch Online uh, Game Boy Advance catalog. Mm-hmm. So I did Mario Bros. Fucking what number was it? Super Mario Advance for Super Mario Bros. 3, which I finished the week before. I still haven't finished the... Um, the new levels i'm still i'm kind of just chipping away at them when i'm doing nothing i'll play like a level or two but i'm not just sitting down and playing that as my primary game so i started playing a game called metroid fusion which is on that mm-hmm. same uh offering on the nintendo switch online expansion pass which includes the game boy advance games so metroid fusion is the fourth in the 2d metroid games following metroid uh metroid 2 samus returns and Super Metroid. So then you have Metroid Fusion, and then you have Metroid Dread, which came out on Switch, which is the fifth one, which is Metroid 5, technically. Hmm. Uh, so this is the one I've, I've I've never played this one, and I've never played Metroid 2, which was remade on 3DS. I think I'm probably going to play the 3DS version rather than the Game Boy version, because it got a full remake. But Metroid Fusion is great. Um, uh, it's very different from, from Super Metroid and, and all of that because it's a little bit more linear. Metroid as a series is is normally a, a video game that encourages you to do a lot of uh, backtracking with, mm. uh, I don't know, I don't know if Doom does anything similar as a point of reference, but like in Metroid, you, you'll have your level, right? And obviously the first time you play it, you have your, your, your base abilities, right? And as you progress through the game, you get more and more abilities, and then the game will send mm-hmm. you back to those original areas to explore with your new abilities, so you can unlock uh, okay. new paths that yeah. you couldn't before. So, okay, I've like in Metroid, you open a door by shooting it. Is yeah. this just the way those games work? So sometimes you see a door that has like a red ring. And you go, oh, I don't have that gun yet. I can't open that door. Mm. So later on, you go back, and now you have the power to open that door. Right, and you right, have a right. new a new path in the level. Um. So this game is does a lot less of that than um, the other games do, but by virtue of that, it's it's, it's more linear, but also it, it it kind of tells you more where to go. Mm. So whereas in in the other Metro games, you're just left to explore and backtrack and go. Well, I know I've you know been to this area, but I haven't been back since I unlocked my new thing. This game will specifically tell you, hey, you've got this thing now. Go back to that area. So. It's a little bit easier to to not get lost, make your way through the right. game. So I think in that sense, it might be good as kind of a a dip your toe into the Metroid world. It's also very mm. short; it took me three and a half hours to beat. Okay, of mm. course that's with the rewind, so I'm never dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I turn the wrong way, I just rewind and go back. I never take damage against any bosses because if I do, I just rewind. <laughs> so it makes those games yeah, very yeah. easy to and fun, but um. But by virtue of that, you lose kind of the the joy of exploring and figuring your way around this world. Because um, one thing in all games you have anyway is your map. And you can see it'll mark which rooms you've been in. They'll like turn blue. So you can see anyway in, in all the Metro games, oh, I've not been to this area because it's still grayed out. So obviously I can go back there and see if see if I can uh, unlock stuff there now. But with this game, it's, it's, it's pretty much telling you, okay, go back to section two and... So it's it's kind of holding your hand throughout, but it was a nice little fun game. Very different um, color palette than other Metroid games as well. Very bright, bright and colored, and yeah, really really fun. Really enjoyed it. So now I'm on to a video game series that I'm sure you've heard of is Resident Evil Four. Okay, I've never played a Resident Evil game in my life because they are scary. 
and I'm a baby, and I don't <laughs> like scary games with blood in them. But there's a there's a, a big release coming out this week, which is Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, which has been getting really good reviews, tens across the board. And Resident Evil 4 is one of those games that's held in the, the upper echelon of the best games of all time with your, your Ocarina of Time, your Super Mario World, you know, Tetris. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 is one of those games that people really have on, the, on that pedestal. And I've never played it. It's one of those glaring omissions in my gaming uh, library, my back catalogue. So I do have a copy of it here. Luckily, I've not had to... Um, pirate it which you know sometimes i will but not in this case i do have my my resident evil 4 on the wii which is the best way to play it because i tried playing it on ps4 and ooh baby those controls were absolute dog shit i couldn't aim or walk or turn the camera <laughs> with the wii with the wii you have the point the remote at the screen and so shooting mm. is very easy okay yeah, comparatively yeah. um so i've been streaming this on my twitch twitch.tv slash polygriffincsp and also been uploading onto my YouTube channel. I don't know the URL, but it's in my pinned tweet. Uh, and yeah, there's a man with a chainsaw and there's scary stuff in it and people trying to kill me in that. But I've beaten the first chapter. There are five chapters. I've beaten the first chapter. I fought a big monster fish in it. And it is very fun. It is very fun. Um, so my plan is to play this as my first Resident Evil game. And then maybe play through some of the remakes because, you know, even when I'm playing this one and it is fun and it, it does relatively hold up, there is there's still part of me that's like, this, if this was had modern controls, this would be a lot easier. Mm. So, but, but at the same time, I felt like because it's an important game, because it's a game that is revered so much, I felt an obligation to play the original version yeah. and not go straight to the remake. Sure. It's kind of like a, I guess it's kind of like a read the book before you see the film. If it's if it was like one of the top five books of all time, you know, you might be saying, yeah. "Let me let me check out the book first. It's that kind of situation. So I know the Wii the Wii version is actually not the original one. It was originally on the GameCube, mm. but the Wii it was ported to Wii with really? Wii controls. So this is apparently the one to play if you want a control scheme that isn't constantly like fighting with you. Mm. which I felt like the, I didn't stream playing on the PlayStation. I just, I played about 20 minutes on the PlayStation and it had like Super Mario 64 camera controls. Do you know where it's like press C right and the camera just shifts yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, 90 degrees rather than being mm. a, a fluid right stick to control the camera like you have in Mario Odyssey or whatever. And I was like, okay, I can't really play this game with these controls. Also, the aiming was like GoldenEye aiming, not like modern oh, first-person shooter aiming. So it was impossible to aim and hit anything. Um, so yeah, so Resident Evil 4, anyway, so far, so good. I'm going to stream that whole game, hopefully finish it at some point. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't get too hard, because I am playing it on normal difficulty. Mm. Um, it gives you normal or easy. And part of me was like, do I just want to play it on easy? But... <laughs> I said, let's let's go for normal. I don't think you can change the difficulty either. I think you you have to um, start a new save if you want to play on an easy. So we'll right. see how that goes. But um, so far, so good. I haven't wet my pants yet playing it. I'm playing it, of course, with the sound turned down and all the lights on, just in case, you know. But I think Resident Evil 4, as far as those games go, this was kind of the turning point for, for the series to go from zombie horror outright into maybe slightly more of an adventure game with horror mm. elements so it might be 
accessible for someone like me to be able to play it and not be jump scared out of my trousers, you know, but enjoying it so far. Although I will say for people who complain, you, you know, these people complain about the, uh, the VR headsets, like with the PlayStation VR, there's yeah. 9 million cables and you have to, the, 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 let me tell you, getting a Wii out of storage and setting it up is the biggest pain in the hole. <laughs> Cause there's, there's the, the uh, the little bar cable where you have to put the bar under the TV so the Wii remote can be all oh, right yeah. yeah yeah and then you have your re- Wii remote which is in the the little condom but then <laughs> the batteries you have to take it out of the little rubbery thing to put the batteries in and then you have to find the little nunchuck to go with it oh no it took me about an hour to set it up because I had to find all the individual little little bits Oof. bits and pieces and then I have for the Wii uh, HDMI adapter as well. Mm. So, because the Wii was a standard definition only console, so I have an adapter that I can output to, to high definition. Had to go looking for that as well. Had to go digging for my little adapter that I haven't used in three years. Oh god! Anyway, I got it all set up in the end, and it does work. So, which means I can also get back to da, 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 Mario Galaxy, which I still haven't finished. Nice, so. nice. Anyway, that's what I've been playing. That's the game. Metro Fusion, so. big thumbs up. Uh, Resident Evil 4, we'll see. But thumbs up so far. Sounds good, sounds good. So we'll finish off with a few album reviews. So I, continuing mm. my album of the week, uh, this week I listened to uh, an album by the Queen of Disco, Donna Summer. Uh, Bad I do Girls. love a bit of disco. I, I bloody yeah. love disco. Um, is, that a new, is that a new release? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, not no, she, she died a decade she ago. Died several years ago. Um, so this album kicks off with two absolute disco classics. So hot stuff, hot stuff, baby. This evening, oh, I do know that one. I love um, that one. That's track number one, and then track number two Jesus. is uh, "Bad Girls." Bad girls talking about those sad girls. Da, 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 bad, 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 that's a hell. That's I mean, a hell of a one-two punch opening. I mean, it's like two of the greatest songs of a particular genre ever. Uh, kicking off, and, on, and on an I gotta say, for me, I, I have a reputation for someone who loves, uh, you know, um, death metal with with yeah. horrible words. I tell you, my favorite, my favorite genre of music, I think, is actually disco. Not <laughs> 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 people might not know that. I'm a huge yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire guy. Oh yeah, Donna Summers, The Whispers, Bit, oh. Billy Ocean. Any, basically anything that's been sampled into a Will Smith song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, so, so it starts off very hot, and I love those kind of tracks. From there, though, it those are the only really kind of two sort of very upbeat oh, no. disco tracks on it. I know, like a lot of the albums it, I've listened to, more solely is a bit more Motowny, is it? There, there is a few tracks like that. It's it's kind of an all round sort of pop album. I mean, she some of it does go a bit mo- more kind of solely R and B Motown. Um, some of it is more kind of funk. Some of it's some of it remind me right. of like Lin- Linda Ronstadt. Uh, almost like country okay. stuff, yeah, sort of sort wow. of tunes to it. Um, but I I really enjoyed it overall. Um, I have to say I was kind of expecting a bit more of the classic disco stuff, but maybe I should need to listen to a sort of earlier album to to get more mm. of that. Um, but yeah, it, it was very good. I, I would absolutely kind of recommend a listen. There's tra- a track called I think it's Journey to the Center of Your Heart. Which is a, mm. a catchy number. It's not quite a sort of a big up tempo sound, but it's it's a very kind of catchy sort of 
pop, slightly slightly discoy kind of sound. So, yeah, nice. very very good. I need to. I, I feel like I've listened to a lot of albums where there is a real variety of sound, and I feel like maybe that was a something that tended to happen more in the past that artists would kind of experiment with different songs right. within a particular album. Whereas now, because you can just kind of put out a song instantaneously yeah. you don't necessarily need to do that you can do your album that's all one sound and then throw out some different singles but yeah I'm, i mean it's interesting and i'm, I'm kind of in, enjoying exploring these kind of different sounds from the same artist in a kind of unexpected way right it's, uh, yeah certainly enjoyed uh, donna summer awesome um i've listened to not an album hmm I've actually, actually haven't listened to any album this week. I've listened to two EPs. Oh. And I've listened to the start of a compilation of four LPs. So I'll start off with that. I'll start off with U2. Bono and the boys are back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mr. Ooh, Bono. Um, Bono and the Edge and that. They have a, a, a compilation record out currently called Songs of Surrender. I mean, not really compilation in a sense, but it's it's what it is is they've re-recorded a lot of their back catalog uh, in a kind of acoustic or kind of low energy kind of kind mm. of way. Uh, and they've released it as a four LP set, which I think is coinciding with a Disney Plus documentary that's being released at the same time. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so it's like two hours 45, which I, I obviously haven't gotten through. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's four LPs, one for each member of the band. I don't know if each member has specifically selected 10 or 11 songs or how they've done it, but mm. I'm listening to LP one, which is the edge. And they have, um, they have an acoustic version of beautiful day on there. They have one, you know, where the streets have no name. And, uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of people kind of don't, aren't particularly into U2 anymore. I still, I like a lot of U2's back catalog, especially mm. in the, even, even, even up as, uh, up to um, Beautiful Day and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think after um, whatever the Atomic Bomb one was called, 2006 one with, um, with Vertigo on it. I think after that, they really went off the boil. I can't think of anything mm. good that they put out since then, but I, I'd be more or less a U2 fan. I'd, I'd be into a lot of their stuff. Um, I will say th- what I've heard so far has been a little bit hit and miss. Like your beautiful day, which is is a classic song, wrestling song, football song, <laughs> always brings back good memories when I hear a beautiful day. It's Triple yeah. H knocking in knocking in a penalty in the FA Cup final. In the- <laughs> I love it. Um, but like it's it's one of those things where you remember Paul McCartney in the in the Beatles documentary where. He 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 knows he's a good singer, and he'll just go like one step too far. And yeah, go, there's a little bit of that where it's a beautiful day. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. just sing the song. Like, you don't have to be showing off that you're such a good singer and acoustic. Mm. Where where the vocals are a little bit too. Um, uh, extravagant, let's say, for 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 a pared down version of "Beautiful Day," but so uh, you know, I, th- I think generally so the songs kind of translate well, even even though with one they've taken out my favorite part of the song and ruined it, um, which is uh, the bit where he goes, um, 
Oh, what is it in one? Uh, fuck, I have to look it up now because I forget the I forget the bit. One U two lyrics. Here we go. Um, one. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, where he goes, "Love is a temple, love the high or low." He does that bit right? That's not in the song anymore. They have a like a chorus, like a choir, who sing that bit instead of Bono singing it. And he just goes like, yeah, <laughs> over it, which kind of, kind of ruins it. Um, so unfortunately, they, one hasn't translated well because they, they undid the best part of that song. But generally, so far, it's okay. I, I, I probably won't ever get to listen to the full two-hour 45. I just don't know if I have that nah. in me. But if I'm going for a walk or something, I might stick on a little bit of it and try and get through as much as I can. At least the songs that I know, because they've also thrown in some uh, unreleased singles and stuff that they've mm. redone as well so we'll see uh, and then i listened to a couple of eps i listened to uh zebrahead everyone's favorite uh band from wwe smackdown versus raw <laughs> um yeah zebrahead are a uh blink 182 style american punk band uh who i i quite enjoy unironically i kind of like their stuff um they have a new ep out called two Roman numerals, II, uh, which is following on from their previous EP, which it was three. Three eyes. So is the next one going to be one? Are we counting down something? It's a countdown. Yeah. It's a countdown. I don't know. But um, it's fine. Good good little okay EP. I I quite liked one of the songs on it. I think it's like Mm. four tracks. Two of them were kind of bland and forgettable. Two of them I quite enjoyed. Um, But yeah, I don't know if Zebrahead have have kind of, they're, they're like a rap punk outfit so it's 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 blink 182 vocals with like rap verses mm. i guess which sometimes works but then also has kind of a a corny not quite limp biscuit feel to it but a corny yeah so sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work but i, I quite like them and uh yeah it was, it was okay uh and then the other uh lp or ep is daddy frere from uh last or the year before is um eurovision um, Daddy Fair was the one who did uh, 10 years, was the one with the, the people with the green jumpers with their faces on. Right. And yeah. Like oh, yes. A bunch, yes, yes. bunch of nerds, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he's putting out an, an EP, uh, which is called I'm Making an Album One Out of Three. So I don't know if he's going to release three EPs and then bundle that as an album or mm. what it is, but. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but the name of this EP is I'm making an album one out of three, one slash three. Uh, and again, similar to the Zebrahead one, I kind of, I kind of like two of the tracks on it. Two of them, I kind of thought were pretty, pretty forgettable, but uh, you know, they, I think both of these EPs clocked in at like 12 minutes. So right, they're, yeah. they're very easy to just stick on. And I, I was listening to them as I was on the bus on the way out to the, the swimming pool to go for a swim. So, Fairly easy to listen to, um, and yeah, there's 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 good stuff on both of them. So maybe you know, Daddy Fair is a lot more of a, I would say, kind of a, a, a electronic kind of singer songwriter sound. Mm. I think it's hard to liken to anything else really, but it's kind of it's singer songwriter stuff, but more of electronic instrumentation he's not using that an acoustic guitar he's more bass heavy with some some synthesizers that's kind of the sound of it uh or zebrahead with the the blink 182 style so if you're in the mood for one of them you could do worse mm. to check out either of those eps 
Uh, and you too. Well, either you like you too or you hate you too. So if, if if that sounds like something you'd be into, check it out. If not, uh, don't bother. Just listen to the good versions of those songs that they released the first time. Because <laughs> I will say that with the U2, there's not one version I've heard so far where I was like, this is a better mm. take than what they did originally. No, Beautiful Day sounds better with the, the Edge's harmonized guitars over the top of it. Um, as opposed to one acoustic guitar. Doesn't quite doesn't quite have the same soundscape to it. Nice. Nice. Um that's gonna do us for uh, another episode of the Church Shop Podcast. Uh so we will be back next week, uh probably with Barry and Toe. Um but for now, don't forget to follow us on twitter.com for sporadic updates uh, during the week. Uh go to chairshoppodcast.com to look at old episodes probably or email us email us send us a little email. <laughs> probably whatever's on your mind if you uh, we don't care and um other than that have a great week uh, it's goodbye from myself uh tony boy and goodbye from paul g man griffin good night